Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today we are joined by the beautiful Jessie Golden. Jessie was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when she was just 29 years old, and by using holistic methods, she managed to heal her body and get her life back on track. Jessie also has started her own skincare line called The Golden Secrets and a book called The Golden Secrets to Optimal Health. We have so much to discuss with Jessie today, so let's get this show on the road. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. We're so excited to be back. We love recording. We love this podcast and we love that you guys are loving this podcast with us. So thanks for being along for the ride. How are you doing, Soph? I'm good, except it's raining like crazy here. It's cold and I am just craving the sunshine. Here too. Rainy days are tough. It's like, it's so hard to get up and moving on rainy days. I feel like, I don't know. My agent used to always say like, I feel like you're a flower, Kylie. And like when there's sun, you like bloom and you're happy and like you're glowing. And then when like you don't have sun, you kind of just like shrivel up and die a little bit. I'm like, you're so right. I absolutely do. The weather really affects my mood. I think it affects everyone's mood, but when it's raining, I just want to lie in bed all day and and eat fatty foods. That's all I want to do. What do you do when you're having like not such a great day? Like what tips do you have for our listeners? Like how do you make yourself feel better when you're having, you know, a rough start? Well, if I'm having one of those days where I'm feeling down and not my best, some things I do to make myself feel better are eat for one. Chocolate will always lift my (laughs) mood. But that one's kind of a catch-22 because I'll feel great when I'm eating it and then I'll feel guilty after. So maybe that's not the best piece of advice. Other things that do work is taking a really warm bath and put on a good Spotify playlist and just relax and also cuddling dogs. Taking my dogs for a walk or just like cuddling them, that always puts me in a better mood. To be honest, I think the most powerful thing and the most simple thing to do is just to put on some good music because music is actually such a powerful tool. It can transform your whole mood. If you slap on a bit of Beyonce, you are going to be on some kind of vibe. What about you? What do you do? I mean, I definitely had one of these days the other day. I don't even know how that happens. I go to bed, wake up, and I'm just not feeling it on those days. I'm such a morning person, but then you just have those days where you wake up and for some reason you already are just like mad at the world or something. I mean, let's see. I want to say this was three days ago. I was, let me tell you, having a day. It was one of those days where all you want is something that makes you feel better. And for me, it was my banana pancakes. And I started my morning off by putting chili powder instead of cinnamon in my banana pancake mix. And That sounds quite nice, actually. You know, just just one of those mornings where everything was just wrong. You know, when you're having a bad day, it's different for everybody. You genuinely just like need to do what feels good for you. It doesn't even necessarily have to be like some wellness, like self-help thing. Like some people, it may be meditation. Like some people, it may be like having a drink. I don't know. You just like gotta, you know, embrace yourself and love yourself on those days and be patient. For me personally, when I'm having those days, I love to sulk in it for a minute. (laughs) I definitely, I don't know if I'm alone. Do you listen to sad? 
sad music when you're sad or down. Yes, I do. Because I actually try to make myself cry. It makes me feel better. I mean, yeah, I think it's important to feel what you're feeling. So, you know, I love to have my moment and be dramatic and sit around and feel sad for myself, put some sad tunes on. But then it's like, all right, I, I don't sit in that long. I got to get up and at them. Usually I'll call my mom or something. <laughs> actually, Sophie said she'll take a bath. Sometimes I'll do that if I really like need to relax and it's at the end of the day. But if it's at the beginning of the day and I need to like get myself moving and out of this funk, I take a freezing cold shower. It sucks. You get in there and it's like feels like just another thing that's going wrong. But then you hop out and you feel so alive after. It's it's amazing. Like you should really try it. Have you seen the Netflix documentary called Heal? No. What's this documentary? It's so good. It's like all about positive thinking. And it basically goes into details about how powerful your mind is and how you can literally heal your body using positive, repetitive thinking and meditation. And I remember I had this eczema flare up and I watched it and I decided, wow, okay, I'm going to try meditating and just tell my body to heal itself. And I'm not exaggerating, but my flare up completely went down the next day. But you should definitely watch this documentary. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's definitely mind over matter. And Jesse gets into that today. So it will go hand in hand with what we were just saying. But like I said, and like Sophie just said, just do something that makes you feel positive because you've got to get yourself back to that headspace. You just have to let yourself feel what you're feeling. It's not a good thing to ever suppress your emotions. You have to feel them. You have to embrace them. And then you move on. You move to a better place. But let's get Jessie on here. She has definitely gone through some hard times herself. So she will have so many great insights into how to stay positive in those times. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Hey, Jessie, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. We have like a great big list of questions for you. We are so happy to have you here so we can get into these. You are a mom founder and CEO of Golden Secrets, author, holistic health practitioner, yoga teacher, you like do it all. How did you get into this holistic journey and come to the place that you're at today? Yeah, I feel like the list just keeps getting longer and longer. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, um, (laughs) everything. The holistic journey, though, started actually when I was really young, I was always kind of what I call like a weird child, just because of the environment that I grew up and uh, was different than like what I innately wanted to do. I grew up in Chicago, just in like a standard American Midwestern kind of environment. But I was always really drawn to nature. I'm not a vegetarian or vegan right now, but I did become a vegetarian at age 11, which was in the 80s, like, which was unheard of. Like I was just very unusual kid. I kind of made the connection between what I was eating and everything was very spiritual and holistic, even as a kid. But then that journey really became prominent. When I became a mother, I chose to have my son naturally at home. I gave birth at home naturally, and then I breastfed him for quite some time. And I just chose to do everything very holistic. And then really unexpectedly, I actually got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 29. He was four years old. And that really sparked me wanting to become a holistic health practitioner, just trying to basically trying to cure myself, trying to heal myself. And um, the crazy thing was, is I had kind of felt like I was the epitome of health up until that point. So when I got diagnosed, it was just quite a shock. Like I, I felt like I was bulletproof up to that point. But there's nothing greater than 
having to go through your own health journey to learn something. I don't know who said this quote, but they say that people living with autoimmune disease are the healthiest in the world because they have to be. It really keeps you on your toes because I don't really have the opportunity to like slip up and like eat bad or like go get wasted or like, you know, do all these things that like a lot of people do because I'm going to feel the effects tenfold. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey with rheumatoid arthritis and what routes you went down to try to help cure yourself? Yeah, I, I basically did it all. You know, it went to undiagnosed for a long time. And looking back, I think it's because I feel like a lot of women feel this way in general. But my background was a ballerina. Um, so I was kind of used to pushing through the pain. And I kind of always felt tired. And I just pushed through it. And I went undiagnosed for a long time. I kind of hopped around from doctor to doctor. A lot of doctors would just look at me. And uh, I was a young, I was modeling. People just would look at me and you look so healthy. I'm like, but I'm not, I don't feel good. Like something's wrong. So when I finally got diagnosed, I didn't even know what rheumatoid arthritis was. And a lot of people don't. I kind of hate the name because people associate it with osteoarthritis, which is something that you get from wear and tear in the joints and, you know, happens with age. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease and it's systemic. So it affects the entire system, more like lupus or MS. And the way that I was originally told from the doctor was if we treat it aggressively, you have more of a chance for it to go into remission because there's no cure, but you can put it into remission. So I did everything my doctors told me to, and they put me on uh, methotrexate, which is basically chemotherapy to kill your immune system, um, to kind of even everything out. And I knew this was going to happen because like I said, I gave birth at home naturally. I was very holistic. I had never like taken Tylenol or over-the-counter drugs. I was never into like taking anything. If I had a headache, I would take like skull cap or I would like do, you know, acupuncture. I wasn't into pharmaceuticals. So I got all the negative side effects and I kind of had to go through that in order to get my friends and family to support my natural route. So then the pendulum kind of swung the other way. And I spent my life savings up to that point trying to heal myself. I had a macrobiotic healing chef by the name of Mina Dobik, who cured herself from five stage cancer. And I had a chef seven days a week because I couldn't physically at that point do everything that was required for me to heal myself. And then after I did that for about six months, my family had an intervention because I wasn't getting better and I was dropping a lot of weight even though I was eating massive amounts I was eating so clean that fat was just falling off of me and I didn't have much to lose to begin with so went back to the doctor and I went back on medication for a while and now since then it's been about 12 years and I say that I'm thriving with RA it's a it's a balance I'm not on any kind of medication it's really tricky with chronic disease because like something with rheumatoid arthritis, there's no cure, so to speak, but you can put it into remission where you don't have any of the symptoms, but it still can be affecting your body and you not know about it. And so that's what's kind of tricky, but I just don't want to live on medication for the rest of my life. So I choose a more holistic path. 
Yeah. Well, my dad also suffers from an autoimmune disease. He has MS or multiple sclerosis. But I know that stem cell treatment is very often used in people with MS as it's meant to help repair the damaged cells. And it's really fascinating to learn about. But I saw that you had a stem cell treatment done to try and help your arthritis. And did you see any benefits from that treatment? So I flew to Columbia. I went to one of the best places. I had the most stem cells like you could get. I forgot what it was now. Like in the millions, I had three different intravenous sets and they also put it into each knuckle joint because my hands are really bad. But the way that stem cells work is they go into your body and they find where you have the, where they need to do the most work. So they kind of go into your body, they scan your body, and then they fix whatever's top priority. So unfortunately, I didn't feel like a huge relief in my hands but I do feel good. I feel good. I don't have like any other health issues. I'm like, maybe there was something else going on. You know, I had like this old root canal that I was dealing with. So it didn't help my hands, but overall I feel really good. And it's crazy because stem cells, like, like some people feel amazing. Some people don't feel anything. Sometimes you need to go back again, but flying to Columbia isn't really an option right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So what do you feel like were the most important changes in your lifestyle that led you onto this path of healing yourself holistically? That's such a great question. It's such a great question because I think a lot of people automatically go towards diet, which is like, okay, that's where I can kind of empower myself and switch my diet. But it's so different for everybody. And I kind of, I touch on this in my book. And since I've written my book, I'm even more uh, deeper into it. And I keep kind of changing my opinion, which I think is so important to say that's part of the healing process. Anybody that's dealing with health issues, once you get stuck in a routine, you, you, there's a possibility for you to get sick again. You really have to learn how to listen to your body. And that changes and fluctuates all the time. That's why when you look into your diet, I love looking into obviously your current state of health your ancestry, where you're currently living, what's currently growing in season. There's so many different things to look into, inflammatory factors and all that kind of stuff, blood type. But more than diet, for me, it was really a spiritual journey of noticing where my thought patterns were. Again, I go back to being a dancer Literally, I grew up in a dance studio. My mom owned a dance studio. So I grew up in a room where a ballet teacher was criticizing me the entire time. And then I had a mirror in front of me where I could criticize myself. So my inner dialogue became very negative. And I also learned to ignore all my body signals because in ballet, you can't complain. You, you know, you kind of have to like just push through it. And so I noticed when, when I was really sick and I was bedridden, that was like what I started noticing, like, what are these thoughts I'm having about myself? Like, this is like drinking poison all the time. So just starting to notice my thought patterns, allowing myself to rest, listening to my body. And then another huge one was setting boundaries with people that I was allowing into my life. And having been living with this chronic disease for so long, I noticed that with all the different cups that I, I do, like my little toolbox to stay healthy, I could actually get away with like eating sugar and, you know, maybe having a little drink. But if somebody gets into my airspace and gives me drama, that affects me more 
than than my diet. And that's why I think that that's such an important question. You could be eating all the best things in the world, but if you're surrounded by like negativity and and the bad environment, you're never going to get better. Yeah. I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one, but I'm a strong believer that if you feed your mind with positive thoughts and do whatever you can to reduce the negative ones, you will literally be sending positive chemical reactions throughout your entire body. And it can do you so much good. Like, for example, if you're telling yourself over and over again, I have a sore throat, I have a sore throat, even if you didn't have a sore throat, I know from my experience that you will actually start to feel a sore throat coming on. And that is just how powerful the mind is. Would you agree? And did you ever use this kind of practice or focus? seeing your mind through something like meditation to try and heal your body? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And it's interesting because I've done some research on this. Like supposedly we're actually wired for the negative as a survival mechanism. So we need to retrain our brain and work out our brain, just like we work out our muscles and everything else. And yes, meditation was a huge aspect. I've been studying yoga since I was 18. I became a yoga teacher in 2008 while all this was going on and it was it was such a humbling experience for me because i came from a ballet background i was a yogi i could already do all the tricks and all this and i was kind of just going to get my certification actually at the time to extend my modeling career i was already 29 all the all the uh, yoga companies were just starting to come about and my agent would was like, Jesse, do you know how to do yoga? And I would be, yes, yes. And I was fighting with these other girls that really had never practiced yoga. And I had been practicing for 10 years, 11 years at that point. So I thought if I get my, if I become a teacher, my agent could just say, she's a yoga teacher. And I ended up booking everything at that time. But when I went into my yoga certification, I couldn't rely on my body and what we call as the asana practice, the actual postures, like I always had. So there's eight limbs to yoga, and one of them is asana, and the other seven are including meditation and breath work, and I was really able to dive into those other aspects of yoga, which was so crucial to my healing, because it really teaches you to tune into yourself and to practice self-love and kindness and not harming yourself, you know, with your thoughts or what you're putting into your mind and in your body and, and all of that. So yoga and meditation was a huge part of it and positive affirmation. So I see that you often talk about harnessing the light within that we all have. What are some of your best practices and rituals that you do in your day to just keep yourself in like a great hat space? Mm, I love that. Well, I definitely meditate. I do tune in. I take time to tune in every single day, usually in the morning. And I do walking meditations. I try and break up my day in between work and family and like just give myself these little nuggets of like me time, especially right now during quarantine, like I'm doing little workouts at home. I go outside in the sun. But as far as like the light stuff, I have this like little ebook that I wrote, Five to Thrive. And there's there's a couple things in there that are, relate to what you're saying. But I always feel like every obstacle that we have in our life is an opportunity to draw more light in. Like a lot of people want to push these obstacles and challenges and horrible moments that we have in our life away instead of taking them as opportunities like oh my gosh, this is where I get to actually practice everything that I've 
learned up to this point. And that's where the lesson is. And that's where I feel like you, you're able to get more light, so to speak, in your life. We love your book, The Golden Secrets to Optimal Health. Could you give us maybe four of your major wellness tips that you could share? Yeah. I mean, one I kind of touched on a little bit before with diet. I think there's so much hype going on right now, especially with social media, and everybody acts like they know what they're talking about, and everybody has a lot of judgment. And I think the difference about my book is I try and educate you, um, and then I have reflection pages where you can ask yourself, because I do think you are unique. And I don't think that there's one diet for everybody. And I think that your diet is going to change as your body chemistry changes. Like for example, during your childbearing years, you're going to want to eat differently than in your menopause years. Or if you're living in a colder environment, you're going to eat differently than living in a tropical environment. So I love taking those things into consideration. I think another one, a huge one that you guys will probably love, because this was a huge thing for me, especially when I was modeling. I talk about like living in your truth, but just owning who you are. A lot of people don't know this that aren't in the modeling industry, but when you're in the modeling industry, there was a lot of like my agent trying to kind of guide me into different directions. And I was so young and I wasn't really sure of myself. So not until I fully embraced who I was, did I really start being successful and embracing and getting the right work that was right for me? So I talk about like living in your truth and fully embracing yourself. And that means like flaws in everything. Like sometimes the thing that makes you the most weird is actually your superpower. I talk about how you should definitely allow yourself to feel things and then let it pass. And one of the best ways to let it pass is to help somebody else in need, whether it's, you know, doing a podcast and sharing what you've learned or calling a friend or just smiling at somebody who's walking across the street can shift somebody's entire day. The bottom line is to not like sit in your, because that's so toxic. I love that you said living your truth, because for me personally, my agents wanted me to be this super cool girl, street style type of girl. And, you know, I tried to, I tried to be this cool girl who like didn't care about anything. I couldn't be that cool girl. I was always like myself very upbeat and positive and I sulked in it because I was trying to be this person that I wasn't and I think that translates as well and so I wasn't booking work trying to be this person and then when I finally like just got over that and was like you know if this is who I have to be to do what you know the industry is asking of me then I don't want to be in this industry and I started like going back to being myself work set aside like sure I started booking more jobs but just how I felt about myself and like how I went through my day felt so much nicer it's really important to live your truth so important I love that. Yeah. Well, we're both big fans of skincare. And what was it that led you on this path to create your own skincare line? Can you tell us a little bit more about Golden Secrets? Yeah. So I say it was an accidental business because I started making this essential oil blend, which is now the signature blend in high school. And I was kind of like, everybody had this, it's like, oh, it was the Jesse scent, like when they would hug me. And then when I moved to Los Angeles and I was modeling, it was always same thing my scent like people just knew photographers knew what it was people would just would be like oh that's the jesse scent it was very sacred to me and like personal and i had never thought about like packaging it or anything but cut to after 
I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I started a blog. There was no Instagram at the time, you guys. You guys were so young. Nobody was talking about autoimmune disease and certainly nobody that looked like me. I was 29 and I was still modeling full time. A lot of the yoga companies that I got, that I was working for allowed me the platform to share my story. So I started to become known as this girl that like healed herself through yoga. I was on the cover of New York Times. And I started getting a bunch of messages from people, emails, MySpace messages. Like, how did you do it? Desperate for information. So it would keep me up at night. You know, I I was a single mother. I was working full time and I physically could not respond to all these people, but I knew there wasn't any other resources. So I started a blog called The Golden Secrets where I just was sharing what I was eating, what I was doing, that all this stuff that we just started talking about. And then that eventually started talking about your skin is your largest organ. Nobody was talking about this back. This was 12 years ago. You know, what you put on your skin matters. And I learned this through my macrobiotic coach, my the lady that I said that I hired. She was like, you can only wear organic cotton. You can't sleep near electric outlets. You have to, you know, turn your phone off. Like she really made me aware on another level of what I was putting on my body. So that eventually started talking about skincare and beauty. And a friend of mine who he's he's actually an incredible photographer. He said, honey, why don't you bottle that stuff and put that stuff on your website? Like you already have the traffic. And I honestly thought it was the dumbest idea. And then I got kind of like protective, like, I don't want everyone to have this scent, you know? But then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? As ridiculous as this is, this little essential oil bottle has been with me for like 15 years. And not only do I feel the effects of the oils and other people seem to really enjoy the effects of the oils and the scent that it gives them, But it's an opportunity throughout my day for me to tune in with myself and just like, how are you doing, Jesse? And it just like it's it became this tool for me to do the practice. You know, it's been a it's been such a humbling experience because I didn't go to business school. You know, I started modeling straight out of high school. And so it's just been a huge learning lesson of figuring it out and really being out of my comfort zone every single day, you know. And now I have this whole line and it's it's the coolest thing ever. Can you tell us about the practice that you were just talking about when you put it on yourself? Yeah, I keep referring to modeling, but I just know that you guys get it. Having been on the other side of the advertising for so long and being paid to hold this product that I had actually never worn, I really wanted my products to be different. So you know, everything is organic, everything's handcrafted, everything's based on ancient formulas that have stood the test of time. This is not like new wisdom, it's ancient wisdom that we need to return to. But I also wanted the product to be an opportunity for women especially to do the work. So every product comes with an affirmation card, a specific affirmation card for you to recite. You can make up your own, but I just give you these kinds of ideas. Like I am worthy. I am beautiful. I am strong. I walk with grace. I walk in confidence. You know, it depends on what product it is. And I remember when I decided to do this, it was even uncomfortable for me to say these things. I felt a little ridiculous, but I always tell people it's a for sure sign that you need to do that. So I love the fact of taking the tool is teaching women, especially to take, you're already going to wash your face. You're going to put products on your skin. 
you might as well take that as an opportunity to bring some mindfulness into it and make it a self-care ritual. So when you're shopping on your website, I think it's really incredible that you can shop by concern because that's important in skincare. You know, you need certain products for acne, you need certain products for anti-aging. And I think it's a really nice user-friendly way to buy your products. But as I'm going through your sections, I'm noticing that gua sha, your gua sha tools are in so many of the categories and your gua sha videos on your Instagram page are like so mesmerizing. It's like so fun to watch because it's such a beautiful practice and I definitely want to get into it more. Can you explain to all of the people listening what gua sha is and what you think the best benefits are of using this tool? Yeah. I mean, gua sha is an ancient practice and the bean stone, which is what our stones are made from, was like one of the first medical practices ever. It's like in the emperor's journal. So it was used for acupuncture originally. It's just massaging the face and it's able to lift and tone the skin naturally. And then the bean stone itself was actually created when a meteor struck ancient China 60 million years ago. And they found out that the people living around this mountain were living longer, healthier lives. So the stone in itself has anti-aging effects, infrared, and it has a very high frequency like compared to any other stone on the market. So just holding the stone, like for example, I had this toothache last week and I was massaging it when I was going to bed. And then I just like left the stone on my mouth, almost like an ice pack. And it went away within like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is amazing. Wow. Um, so obviously it has anti-aging effects. With acne, what I tell people is you shouldn't do gua sha like directly over any kind of open acne. But the beautiful thing about gua sha is you can work the surrounding areas. Like bringing every time I do gua sha and, and with our gua sha's, it comes with a video tutorial to like teach you like a proper way of doing it. We usually end by bringing everything down the lymphatic system, which helps detoxify everything, including the skin. So instead of like, you know, working on uh, open acne, you can work the surrounding areas and help your body flush and detox. And then we also have a body stone too, which is so incredible because I think that that's such a part of self-care that a lot of women don't do. You know, we focus so much on the face and we kind of forget about the body. And that was something that I learned in macrobiotics as well. And as part of my healing journey with rheumatoid arthritis, I went to a lot of tra uh, traditional Chinese medical doctors and they use gua sha and they use the bean stone on your body. And it's not like a very um, gentle self-care practice. It's, it's actually very painful. Like my one doctor would do it over my inflamed joints to bring blood to the surface and it helps bring chi and blood flow and oxygen and that's what helps heal everything including you know wrinkles and acne and, and any kind of um, skin issue that you have the gua sha is quite good for like draining the lymph nodes in your face and i had a lymphatic drainage massage once and it made such an insane difference to how my body looked it was right before a swim fashion show and when i saw the videos from the show i was like wait that's not what i usually look like i was so much more toned than usual and i was like oh okay this stuff really works yeah. do you ever do lymphatic drainage and what benefits do you think we can all get from doing it yeah I mean, so what's interesting, a lot of people don't realize is we actually have lymph nodes all over the body. So there's different drop off points. And I talk a little bit about this in the book that comes with my gua sha. 
But lymphatic drainage is a very superficial touch. It's got to be feather light. Otherwise, you bypass the lymphatic system. So, for example, like when you're doing the face, and it's interesting because, again, in, in traditional Chinese method, they go much harder than we do here in the West. They bring color and the skin gets really flush after, after they do gua sha. So you have to figure out what works for you. But at the end, after I do my entire face, I always bring everything down the neck, down the lymph nodes. And it's a superficial light touch. So you don't want to go really hard. Um, but it is crazy because even I always suggest that people do one side of the face and then the other energy actually flows from the right to the left. So you'll see more benefits if you do the right side of the face first. And it's so crazy because you can literally just see like after doing it, like your eyebrow will be up, your cheekbone will be more sculpted. And we have all kinds of like nodules and stuff in our chin. You can break all that up and all of a sudden have a more sculpted V look. Like it's just, it's one of those times, like as a mom and a wife and a, and a busy mom, like five minutes. And I just like feel it's like five minutes of me time. And, and I get to like check in with myself and it's just such a beautiful practice. Well, speaking of anti-aging and the gua sha being a big tool in that, I have always been told that sunscreen is one of the best anti-aging tips and products that we should all be using to keep our skin nice. But you have incredible skin. You love to go into the sun every single day, it seems, and you don't use topical sunscreen. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I'm trying to be more mindful about how I answer this question because First and foremost, I'm not promoting people to like go in the sun and get burned. But I do talk about this in my book. I just feel like the sun has gotten such a bad rap. And I do want to say that the sun can be dangerous if you're not mindful. But if sunscreens worked, then skin cancer and cancers would have gone down in the last 30 years. And in the last 30 years, there's been this huge boom of sunscreens and cancer has actually gotten worse. And my whole theory is, I have a couple theories. First of all, when I was younger modeling, I was always so tan. I have very olive complexion and I have light hair. So the contrast was always a little confusing to people. And I was just a beach girl. I was surfing and I was in the sun. And I don't, even, I don't think I ever, I didn't remember ever wearing sunscreen even back then. I was like tanning oil. I worshiped the sun because I grew up in Chicago where we never saw the sun. So when I came to California, I was like, the sun, yeah. <laughs> it made me happy. I felt better. And, and that all probably had something to do with getting adequate vitamin D, which is so important to not only the immune system, but actually helping with anti-aging. So my whole concept with sunscreen, the reason why I get a little upset when people push that for anti-aging and health in general is because, first of all, there's all different types of sunscreen. There's chemical sunscreen and there's mineral, mineral sunscreens. The chemical sunscreens are absolutely horrible for you. They enter your bloodstream. It's been proven that they actually can cause cancer. And then sunscreen gives us a false sense of security. So if you're in the sun, it completely blocks your, your body's natural response to the sun, telling you that you have gotten enough vitamin D and you have gotten enough sun. Your skin gets its natural little uh, sun glow that we all love. Once you get that little sun glow, that's your cue to put a hat on, put a shirt on, seek some shade. 
put on some sunscreen if that's what you want to do. But when you're automatically putting on sunscreen before you even go outside, you're not getting the vitamin D that you need. That is so efficient and vital for your entire life, for everything. My first resource for everything is nature. Nature first. When nature fails, then you can kind of like seek other resources. But I always say I believe in the sun. I get my morning sun every morning with no sunscreen for about 20 minutes. And that's different for everybody. That's the other thing is it depends on how much melanin you have in your skin. So like my husband is sun sensitive. When I met him, he was pouring chemical sunscreen on his body. I was like, oh my God, you're killing the reef. You're killing the, like everything. It's horrible. I have him taking Extansithin, which is a, a natural way to protect your body internally and just taking more antioxidants. And I have him using my Hilo oil, which naturally protects from UV light. And then when he's surfing, he'll supplement with like a mineral sunscreen that's non-nanoparticle. So that's my whole that's my whole thing on sunscreen. Me personally, I don't wear sunscreen. I've never worn sunscreen. I do the sun and then I get out of the sun and, and I seem to be fine and it makes me happy. So it's fascinating to hear this other side of it. But how do you do it all? You're you're obviously very, very busy with everything you're doing. How do you know when to turn it off with work just to keep that healthy balance between your personal life and your work life? I like I think seeking balance is like balance within itself. It's a constant practice. Like it really is. You know, I try and have this concept where I do things as they come to me, whether it's like family or work. So if I if I get work emails, I respond to them right away. And then if like my family needs me, I try and do it right away. I try not to put things off because it kind of bottles up, but I definitely take time, you know, like I'll, we'll stop work at like 2.30. My son's homeschooling right now. I just totally tune out. And I've been noticing I'm even taking more time off of social media and just kind of like completely disengaging because I feel like I'm engaged a lot on the computer, on technology. So when I'm with my family and my friends, I just try and like tune out. Well, Jesse, for anyone who's listening today who's potentially going through a hard time or going through a turning point in their life, like I think you went through when you were 29 and dealing with this rheumatoid arthritis, what is your best advice to them to get through it and to stay positive in times that are tough? Well, like I said before, I think every obstacle is an opportunity for us to bring more light in our life and learn from it. So for me, like rheumatoid arthritis has been my greatest teacher. So I think looking at it as a teacher and seeing what it's there to teach you, like maybe something you're doing in your life isn't working, like this is showing up for a reason and, and really trying to get to the bottom of it instead of pushing it away, just kind of surrendering to whatever it is. And I don't know why this is popping up, but I, I interviewed Dr. Zach Bush, who is one of my favorite humans on the planet. And he's a triple board certified doctor and he's done amazing research on regenerative agriculture and everything. And he talks about how the cancer cell is the loneliest cell in the body and how in the West we, we fight it with chemo. So we start a war with it. And when you fight with something, it's just going to want to fight back. And instead we need to love it back into our body. And I think that, that that was such a turning point for me. It was so interesting because I'm such an advocate of self-love, like with my company and everything that I preach. I think self-love is the foundation for everything in your life. So when you're going through a challenging time in your life, 
instead of pushing it away, let it be your teacher, surrender to its teachings and maybe love it, like love whatever it is, as horrible as it is, like, can you love it? There's something so fascinating. And usually later on in your life, you'll see like, oh, that's why that was there. Like that was actually a blessing. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on here today and giving all of our listeners these amazing words of advice and getting into your personal struggles. We've loved listening to you. You're incredible. So can you let the listeners know where they can find you on social media and all your websites, etc.? Yeah, you guys are so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I'm most active on Instagram, Jesse Golden, J-E-S-S-E-G-O-L-D-E-N. And then The Golden Secrets also has their own page. And thegoldensecrets.com is uh, my website where you can get all my products. Amazing. We are so happy that we got to have you on today. So from me as well, thank you so much, Jesse. It's the Q&A part of the show. Two questions, two answers, picked at random. So the first question we have today is, what favorite scents and candles can you recommend for around the home? My favorite scent is probably vanilla. It's a pretty solid choice. You can't really go wrong with vanilla. But since it's fall, I'm loving all the seasonal scents. And I think my fave is actually something that's kind of smoky and reminds me of Halloween and bonfire night. And the smell of all the bonfires brings back so many cozy memories. I love it. And my favorite candle brands is probably Diptyque. It's from Paris. And they have some insane smelling candles. They're my favorite. And also Woodwick because I like how it crackles. Mm. Oh my God, I love the crackle. I grew up with Woodwicks. For me, my favorite scent for around the home is Le Labo Santal 33. <laughs> I know for a lot of New Yorkers listening to this, you may think that's basic and that's okay. I literally love the candle so much and I want my house to have a specific smell. I used to have like a ton of different scents, but now I've just decided I like having one scent and every time someone walks in the house, they're like, oh, your house smells so good. And that is such a compliment for me. I love that. I love when people tell me I smell good or if my home smells good, but I do love getting into character. So for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I love to use Nest pumpkin spice around like Thanksgiving and Halloween around this time. And then for Christmas, I love, love, love the Ralph Lauren Christmas candle. I love that fresh balsam smell where it's like, you know, smells like the, the Christmas trees outside or whatever. That's my go-to Christmas scent. But yeah, so the second question that we were sent in is what is your favorite drugstore beauty product? I love this question because you definitely need some drugstore beauty products. I think there's some amazing stuff for super cheap and you should always take advantage of that. But for me, Bioderma micellar water is a must. <laughs> You get a massive bottle for like dirt cheap and that's what I used to take my makeup off every single day. For makeup, I love L'Oreal Voluminous Lash. It's like a, a grayish black bottle with a little gold cap. I used it in high school, still love it now. It's like a one of very few mascaras that don't crust off, flake off, whatever you call that. It doesn't smudge. So for me, that's a big win. So those are my two favorite. What about you, Sophie? Yeah, Bioderma Micellar Water was my choice as well. I use it to take my makeup off because I find that the makeup wipes and stuff are always so heavily fragranted and they irritate my skin a lot. So the Micellar Water works nicely for me. It's way more gentle. 
And if we're talking cosmetics, I mean, I'm a big lover of the Maybelline 24 Hours Matte Stay lipstick. I use it every day. It never comes off. So I just love that. I hate yeah. those lipsticks that get all over your glass. Every time you take a sip of water, it's just gross. So this one is my favorite for sure. And there's so many different colors. I literally have about 12 different colors of this lipstick. Yeah. For the Bioderma Micellar Water too, I'm not surprised that we both said that because basically all models use it and they use it at all of the runway shows which i think there's something to be said for that there's so many different types of skin at a runway show you've got you know anywhere from 20 to 50 models and everyone's using the same stuff it's got like a pink cap 13 dollars for the large bottle and it will last you forever so definitely check that out exactly keep sending your questions in guys and don't be scared to make them a little juicier don't be shy we are here for it and on that note we are going to wrap it up if you are enjoying these episodes please give us a review subscribe leave us a rating we always appreciate the support and you can find us on our instagram page at the not so simple life podcast hit us up on there we love talking to all of our listeners and we get so excited to get messages from all of you and we will see you all next next Tuesday.